Hello world, welcome. My name is Jason Hand and you are joining us for another Monday edition here on Learn TV. As always, I've got my good friend and pal, Anthony Bartolo. How you doing, Anthony? Good. How's it going, Jason? It's going great. I had a really, really kind of relaxing weekend. The weather was just like chill, perfect napping weather and getting things done around the house. How about you? We had a frost warning this weekend, so it was a pretty much chill weekend as well. Uh, learned that a cola uh, or a liter of cola does a great job of cleaning out lawnmower carburetors. That was a good, interesting experience. Oh. So a little bit of a busy weekend. <laughs> yeah, sounds uh, sounds interesting. You'll have to share that story with us uh, a little bit later or something. But uh, yeah, I've heard that that cola stuff is a little acidic on uh, some old rusty parts maybe you got laying around. So sounds like a fun little project. Uh, speaking of fun, today's really you know going to be another great day. We've got a special guest with us who's who's joining us for the first time on Monday. Um, so we'll talk about her here in a little bit. But before we get too far along, I wanted to remind everybody that we got Build coming up, Microsoft Build, our live virtual event or virtual conference, I should say. And you should uh, take some time to go register for that. Take it, take a look at the program and uh, pick out which which talks and everything that you're going to go see. Um, and I think, Anthony, there were some things that you wanted to talk to us about today around cost, right? Well, just really quickly, there was a big announcement last week in terms of the updates for Azure cost management that for uh, April 2021. Uh, the biggest thing that came out of this was the announcement that you can now use localized currency for your cost management tool uh, or, or analysis in terms of your spend. So, you know, usually it's always in U.S. dollars and, and poses a challenge to other countries that are, you know, want to convert it to their local dollar. Now you have the capability of doing so right in the tool itself. So when you're doing out your planning uh, for compute and resource utilization in, inside of Azure, uh, you actually can do it in your dollar. So I can do it in Canadian dollar or, you know, whatever, whatever local currency you're looking to do it in. This is a big deal because now when you're doing the segment, segmenting of the spend of your Azure compute spend or resource spend, and you're assigning it to specific de uh, departments, you can do it in your localized uh, currency, uh, which makes it easier for budget planning. Yeah, that is a big deal. And, you know, I think uh, when it comes to cost, that's always one of the things that really is a concern for a lot of folks who are trying to, you know, both start using more in the, of the cloud, but even taking a hybrid approach. You know, everybody's got these concerns about spinning up resources that they don't really realize what the cost is going to be, or maybe they spin up some resources and they totally forget they even have them running. Uh, and then are surprised to find, you know, that they've spent uh, quite a bit of money on something that they didn't realize they were using or didn't need or anything like that. So cost is always a, a real concern for those who are starting to adopt the cloud. And it's great to see that we're putting a little bit of effort around not only making sure that we understand the costs and, and you know, all that kind of stuff. But as you said, you know, for a lot of us uh, who work in the U.S. And, and deal with the, the Azure cost management, I'm used to seeing it in U.S. dollars. But of course, the cloud is everywhere, used by people all, all around the world. So the fact that we're making it a lot easier for people to, to understand it and manage, manage that, I think, makes a big difference. The other aspect or other piece that was announced was the availability of the hands-on labs that are available now for the Azure cost management solution. So you can assign this to prosumers or to business decision makers amidst your organization to get a grasp of better use of the tool. Uh, tips and tricks and what have you, so that when you know there's a cost allotment assigned or when they're making their prediction in terms of what their spend is going to be, they're using the tool appropriately. Uh, this allows the rest of our organization some transparency in terms of what the possible spend is going to be for the month, which is really awesome as well. Cool. Yeah, I think you know any, anything we can do to make that that cost thing a little bit easier. One of my favorite pieces of functionality around the cost is being able to alert uh, yourself, your team, or whoever whenever 
th certain thresholds get breached. Uh, so you can really keep an eye on those costs and make sure that you're aware of where things are. You know, always having a, a real good feedback loop on, on how things are going. And speaking of feedback, I want to remind folks, we've got show notes, of course, but we'd love for you to go check out uh, a link that we can maybe pull up on the screen here where we can get feedback from you. We're always looking to, to learn more about, you know, what it is you're into, what you want to hear from us, how can we help provide more information. So we'd love to hear from you. We'd also love to hear from you in chat. If you're joining us on Learn TV, we've got chat enabled over there. Feel free to drop us some questions. We'll interact with you as best we can over there. And uh, yeah, let's, uh, you know, have a good conversation. So with that, Anthony, I think maybe we'll talk a little bit about today's agenda. Uh, first of all, we've got our good friend Kayla, who's with us every week. She's going to be sharing with us something, again, I didn't know you could do within Microsoft Teams. So that's going to be real fun to chat with her about. Then we've got a new guest who's going to be joining us to talk uh, with a, a little bit more about sustainability efforts in Microsoft Green. Michael is back, of course, to, to show off a couple of, uh, well, five new learn modules that uh, I think are really interesting. And then we'll wrap things up as we always do with Diego, who's going to be sharing some really interesting and you know useful information for us uh, that I think everybody should should take to heart as we start to close off the day. So with that, now we uh, why don't we go ahead and get to our first guest, and we'll bring in Kayla, and she can tell us a little bit more about how we can use Teams in our personal life. Hi, Kayla. Hey, Jason. Thanks for having me again. Yeah, thanks for being here as always. What do we got today? So today we're going to switch it up a little bit. And instead of talking about teams at work, we're going to talk about using it for your personal life. Okay. So if you use it for work, the setup is relatively similar for when you use it for your personal life. Um, it's your all-in-one communication hub, letting you plan, share, chat, whenever and wherever. You can quickly find your friends, share files, photos, join conversations, and a bunch more in all one super helpful and secure place. It's available on your Android and iOS device. Um, and so we'll start off with talking about chat. When you open the app, you land in chat. And so let's say you have a family group message or you're planning a birthday trip. Teams for your personal life is a great way to have those conversations. So that makes sense, but why would I use Teams instead of just using, I don't know, my my text app, whether that's, you know, iMessage or my Android chat? Uh, why, why would I use that instead of just, you know, using my normal chatting tools or my normal texting tools? So that is a really good question. With Teams for your personal life, similar to the version you use for work, you can also share files. So let's go back to the birthday trip example. Let's say there is a budget document you can send that file in the chat versus saying, hey, everyone, check your email, get back to me. Um, and it has the security of teams that we all know and love. Um, you can also video call with people. And I know, yes, you can do all these things through a bunch of other different solutions. But Teams is a hub to do all of that securely. Um, and another cool thing is you can also share locations. So you can do it, sure, with your iPhone, but it's not in all one place. And that requires someone to have an iPhone to do that. But with Teams, you can do it all through the app. That's true. Yeah, I guess if everybody's you know just using Teams, it doesn't matter what platform they're on, what kind of device that they have. Um, so what other types of things can you do? that I didn't realize. So Teams is great for your personal life, not just for collaborating with others, but it's also good 
but your dates and appointments that you need to keep track of, or maybe your family just has a lot of appointments from doctor visits to soccer practice. Um, you can even make a group calendar to make sure everyone stays up to date. And with those groups you create, you have your own little dashboard where you can see everyone's location, you can see the messages, if there's tasks assigned, events coming up, a bunch of great things to help keep you organized. Um, and even with all that great stuff, to be honest, it doesn't have exact parity with uh, the team's features that we have on our work account. Um, so some of the things that we know and love are coming to teams for your personal life. I won't spoil all the good stuff, but I will say stay tuned. Um, to name a couple, there are some new things coming for video calls, um, for uh, also chat. So some of the goodness that you know and love for working in teams is also going to be a great um, option for collaborating outside of work. Okay. Well, I have to say the shared calendar part that you mentioned, that's really starting to speak my language there. I know that uh, I've told you, I think every single week that I live in in teams when it comes to all the work stuff, you know, that's where I have my calendar, of course, and conversations that are happening. Um, you know, all the video calls, like I just completely live in teams, it feels like. Um, and then I switch gears, you know, after hours and I start to go on about my personal life. And sometimes I just feel disconnected and feel out of touch and you know, I'm missing appointments and, and all those types of things. So to be able to consolidate all a lot of that type of stuff, I think would be super helpful. Great. And who wants to switch calendars all the time? Um, yeah, exactly. It's great to just keep it in one place. So yeah, exactly. I completely agree. I live there too. <laughs> awesome. Well, Anthony, uh, what, what are your thoughts on this? How do you feel about using Teams for a little bit more of your personal life? Oh, I use Teams for personal life all the time, especially for gaming. Uh, the big thing with gaming is when you get the facial reactions of your friends uh, as they're beaten in the game that you're playing, and you're doing cross-platform, right? So you're using a plethora of platforms that are out there for the game that you're playing. And to have that one succinct communication device and one succinct video device to, to capture friends' reactions. I know my good friend Rick Claus, you know, when he's always in last place, you always get the same facial reaction. We always laugh all the time. Uh, and we call it, you know, video gold and just capturing the information of his facial expressions when he loses, uh, you know, so always use it. But now let's jump into another cool project, and it's going to be on Microsoft Green. Uh, Sarah Mastin's actually going to join us, and she's going to talk about Project 15. Hi hey, there. Hey, Sarah. How's it going? Good. How are you? Good, good. I... So talk to us. Project 15, Software Engineering for Conservation. What's that all about? Yes. So, you know, a lot of people listening, you know, you think about sustainability. It's a big topic and there's all sorts of things you can do. And so I sit in the corner of IoT uh, and sustainability. And really, when you think about it, IoT really drives sustainability when you think about all those sensors bringing in measurements that we as a, as a populace can change and make really good outcomes. And so uh, Project 15 is in the, the corner of conservation because I was just a regular IoT solution architect and I was doing smart buildings and came up with a safety solution to communicate with devices and suddenly realized when I met a gentleman that focuses on camera traps and anti-poaching, that that was just another use case for IoT. And so we launched the Project 15 video as kind of a phone for the scientific community to call us. Um, because we, we felt we had skills that could really help them. We just didn't know the use cases yet. Um, and so that's, that's how Project 15 started. And I love this, right? Because you had built out a, a, 
uh, theft pre uh, prevention type of solution. And you saw the correlation between what you had built out as a platform and what you can do in terms of Project 15 to, to you know, deal with poachers. How did that cross uh, pollination of ideas come to play? Well, I mean, if you really think about it, um, you know, a safe workplace, a safe solution uh, from a fire is a group of people and you want to protect them using sensors and you want to give them great information and then communicate with the, the you know, the fire people to come and help. Um, when you think of anti-poaching, you've got a camera, it sees something that's not supposed to be there, a person that is, you know, a stranger to the park, it sends an alert, tells the rangers, and gets help for that population of animals. So, you know, if you bring that idea and you start thinking, huh, okay, what's the difference between loss prevention of a sweater at a big store and loss prevention of like a pangolin at a park? In, in our world, you know, that's just a different use case with different challenges to solve. And what I love about this solution is it's open source. So anybody can take advantage of it and, and apply their creativity or mold it to the solution that they're trying to accomplish. What is the future for Project 15? Where does it go from here? Ah, yes. So we created something called the Project 15 Open Platform, which is out on GitHub. And what that is, is you're you know, spinning up into Azure with a push of the button, and you'll have all your IoT past services linked together. Um, there's also an Azure Digital Twins uh, ability to do that, just flip a flag to true, and you will get that whole infrastructure spun up, and you can start coding with it. And we built that to help our scientific developer friends get to scale. Because if you're coming in and you're, you know, you need to learn everything, but maybe you're an expert in data science, it's a lot to learn on the IoT side. So by doing this, it would just accelerate those solutions and really get up and going. And, and that's where we are today um, as we move into, you know, really, really accelerating through our partnerships and our, and our new scientific developer partners. And really quickly, we just have a minute and a half left. Inclusion of digital twin technology now into this solution. How does that come into play? Um, I think this is very interesting. I've been a graph person for a long time. And uh, when Azure Digital Twins uh, announced a few months ago that it was graph enabled, if you start to think about graphs and you know about graphs, it's a relationship first type of data structure. So, you know, if you think about traditional, you know, the IoT device is sending an alert and then it's being processed, it's a very transactional type of uh, system. But once you're on a graph, you can start modeling in a much more complex way. You know, what is the elephant really look like? What, what are other elements of that animal? What does the camera trap have to do with another sensor? And it's really, really exciting. So um, that, you know, it's new and uh, it's, it's just something so exciting, I think. And if people want to learn more about the open source code in Project 15, where do they go? Ah, uh, you can head over to aka.ms WAC Project 15, and you can see the origin story video there. And you can also get a link out to our GitHub to go play with that platform. Sarah, thank you again for taking time to join us on the show today. Next up, we have Michael, who's back again with five security modules for Microsoft Learn that span from M365 to something for our Azure government folks. Michael, take it away. Absolutely. Thank you so very much for having me back on the show again today. Today, we're focusing all about security. And yes, I do have something for our Azure for government folks on how to encrypt public sector data inside of Azure. With that being said, let's just jump into the video. 
All right, starting things off, number one is all about examining threat vectors and data breaches. So in this module, you're going to learn about the different types of threat vectors and their potential outcomes that organizations must deal with on a daily basis and how users can enable hackers to access targets by unwittingly executing malicious content. As you go through this module, you'll understand techniques such as how hackers use to compromise user accounts through email. You'll also learn about techniques that hackers use to gain control over resources, as well as you'll be able to describe some of the techniques that hackers use to compromise data. All right, number two is gonna be all about explore the zero trust approach to security in M365. So if you're not familiar with zero trust, the zero trust module assumes that every request is a potential breach versus just assuming, hey, if it's behind the corporate firewall, it's safe. Well, it's not, okay. So in this module, we examine the concepts and principles of the zero trust security module, as well as how M365 supports it and how your organization can become involved and implement it. So by the end of this module, you'll learn things such as the five steps of implementing a zero trust security model in your organization. Next up, we have examine Microsoft Secure Score. So this module uh, examines how Microsoft Secure Score helps organizations understand what they have done to reduce the risk to their data and to show them what they can do to further reduce that risk. You'll also learn things such as how to describe the benefits of the secure score and what kind of services can be analyzed. Also how to collect data using a secure score API, as well as how to identify actions that will increase your security by mitigating risk. And Next up, we have examine privileged identity management. Okay, so this module explains how privileged identity management ensures users in your organization have the right privileges to perform the task that they need to accomplish. So you're going to learn how privileged identity management enables you to manage, control, and monitor access to important resources in your organization. Also inside of this, you will understand how Microsoft Identity Manager helps organizations manage the users, credentials, policies, and access within their organization and their hybrid environments. Last but not least is for our Azure for Government folks, and this is all about encrypting public sector data in Azure. So as you know, data encryption in the cloud is an important risk mitigation requirement expected by government customers uh, everywhere. So learn how to protect data through its entire life cycle, whether you're going to be at rest, in transit, or in use. You'll also learn to control encryption keys in the cloud using uh, encryption key management and explore the various encryption options to keep data secure in the public sector. Um, to wrap up here, you'll also be able to learn how to choose between the various encryption options that are also available in Azure. So I know folks have been asking for more content relating to that. We hear you. 
uh, and we appreciate your feedback. Um, so for all of these modules that I just listed, you can obviously go into the show notes. In the show notes, you'll have a link to each one of these. You can, uh, you can enjoy those as well. If you're looking for something a little bit more specific, maybe for um, your type of role or, or with your current project that you may be working on, or just to learn some other new stuff, you can always head back over there and you can check that out at just a learn.microsoft.com. Thank you so very much for having me today. And now back over to our wonderful host. Awesome. Thank you so much, Michael. And maybe it's the, you know, spring is in the air, the spring cleaning kind of mentality, but I feel like actually over the weekend, I, I spent uh, yesterday probably a good like two hours or so uh, just rolling all of my passwords. I've got a password. I'm switching to a different password manager and I went through every single account I have and created much harder passwords and, and all these things. And I'm just kind of in that mindset, you know, of like, let's just put things, you know, in a little bit safer place and lock them down. And uh, yeah, so thank you, Michael, for sharing all those wonderful learn modules specifically related to security and phishing and all that kind of stuff. Definitely something that should be on top of everybody's mind, regardless of the season. So thank you for that. All right, well, now it's time to visit with our good friend, Diego, who's always got some excellent tips and ideas to share with us from his many years of wisdom and uh, time spent at Microsoft and beyond. Hi, Diego. How you doing? Hello, Jason. Hello, Anthony. And hello, world. I'm doing good. I'm here in my office. Uh, as you said, I've been collecting uh, ideas for, for a couple of decades, things related to Microsoft and the tech industry. Use it to nurture my own sense of wonder, but also to share it with you. And today, I want to share one from this book. It's called Whatever You Think, Think the Opposite by Paul Arden. We're going to put it on the show notes. But basically, it's a page of that book, and it reads the following. It says, having, a, having an original point of view is a novelty. Recognizing its value is intelligence. But having the courage to stand up for it in the face of public opinion is what makes you a winner. So today, I want to talk about that, fear and courage. Because... Here's the thing, Jason, about fear. We all have it. I have fear. I have lots of it. And I'm sure you might have some of it too. And folks in the audience, we all have it. Homo sapiens, we have fears. But fear is actually the biggest killer of innovation of all time. And in the tech industry, as our CEO Satya Nadella says, the tech industry doesn't respect tradition. It respects innovation. When you're innovating, you're, you're going against the current. You're inventing something new. And you will be judged. And being judged uh, is something that we are afraid of. Yeah. So here I want to illustrate a story from a book that I recommended before, but I'm going to recommend it again. Originals by Adam Grant, one of the most powerful books I ever read. And it tells the story of Copernicus, a Polish mathematician in the 1500s, also astronomer who discovered that the Earth revolves around the sun and not the other way around. And he was afraid to publish this because there was not a concept we talk about at Microsoft a lot, psychological safety. He didn't feel safe publishing that information. So he sat on this amazing discovery for not one, not two, not three, but 22 years. It took 22 years wow. to get published by one of his students actually published, not even himself. Now, was he wrong to be afraid? You know, probably not because Galileo Galilei, an Italian astronomer a hundred years later, 
who published things on top of Copernicus discoveries. He was accused of heresy. He went to trial, got convicted and was jailed for life in his home. He couldn't leave his home for life. So fear could be real. Uh, so we got to work on our courage, but we also want to make sure that we're working on an environment that values that innovation, that provides a psychological safety. Am I making sense so far? Yeah, yeah, I was wondering if you're gonna if if you were headed towards the topic of psychological safety. I think that's one of the most valuable lessons for you know really everybody, including you know management leadership, is to create that space so that people do feel that they can share their ideas and that they can get them out there. Because you know a lot of times we have ideas. Sometimes they're not fully baked. Sometimes they need a little bit of massaging from other people. Um, but to be able to feel like you can bring those ideas. Uh, and not be judged, and you know they'll be welcomed. Is really all that people need, and all that teams need to really find the success that they're kind of already directed towards in the first place. I love that. Yes, there's this quote that I used I used to like that says, "What would you do if you weren't afraid?" It was like a call to action. But I don't think it's realistic to not have fear. We all have. So the question is more: What would you do when you are afraid? You know. And philosopher Alain de Botton introduced this concept that we should all do in tech, which is budgeting for fear when we when you work on projects and you're budgeting for resources and time budget for fear assume that you have fear folks on your team have fears and the question if you're a leader of a project of a team is what great ideas and perspective are not surfacing on your team because people are afraid you know mm -hmm. and what type of safety can you inject in that environment if you're the person with the idea you can work on that courage but courage sometimes is to publish like Galileo did, and courage sometimes is to run for the hills. Like it's okay to run away from an environment that is toxic for you, doesn't foster your growth and go somewhere else. So you can ask yourself, who am I working for? Who am I working with? Are these people bringing the best of, uh, of us are allowing me to innovate, you know? And you can choose many times, not always, who you, who you work for. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's great advice. I was going to say, you know, fear is, is going to show up in a, a lot of different ways. But I think for me personally, most of the big things and the best things in my life have come from leaning into that fear, understanding that on the other side of that challenge is something that's, you know, something going to be very rewarding. Uh, and it's almost always paid off. You know, there's there's a few times here and there where I might have a little regret, regret that I did or did not do something. Uh, usually it's that I didn't speak up. Um, so I think, you know, this idea of psychological safety and making sure that, um, you know, you create that space for yourself and for the people that you have relationships with is super important. Um, Anthony, where are, we at? where are we at on time? I feel like we're starting to get a little bit low on the countdown here on the clock. We're, we're nearing the end of the show. So maybe we want to bring back all the uh, segment hosts that we had uh, that were on the show today. I love Diego's segment. You know, we heard the term imposter syndrome that runs rampant. Uh, with a lot of us as well. And, you know, it, it's based on us trying to do the best thing for you, our audience. Uh, and that's where feedback comes into play. So definitely, if you have any, any ideas in terms of how to make the show better, what you'd like to see change, what you love about the show, uh, you know, the segments that we share, like Microsoft Green and uh, the Teams Tips and Tricks and uh, Diego's Wall and, and everything that we have going on, Michael Michael's segment in terms of Microsoft Learn, Share with us what you like to see, what you want to see more of, any changes you want. That helps us ensure that what we're doing for Hello World meets what your requirements are to make the show that much better. 
Yep, that's right. And uh, I guess, you know, in the time that we have left, first of all, let me remind everybody that Build's coming up, Microsoft Build, our live online conference. You can sign up, register for that, take a look at the program, make sure you go check out our show notes. We'll have the links to all that in there. And in the time we have left, let's just go around the horn and see if we can get everybody to remind our audience what kind of stuff that they'll find in the show notes. Let's start off with Kayla. Uh, yeah, so if you are looking to learn more about using Teams for your personal life, check out the show notes so you can see some of the features and some of the things you can do to get started. Excellent. And Sarah, what can we find out from you? Well, you can head on over to the Project 15 link that's in the show notes. And I want to agree with Diego, like just if you have an idea, go for it. Don't be afraid. Awesome. Michael? Yes, in the show notes, you'll find uh, the five links to each one of the uh, M365 security modules, as well as the link there for Azure for Government. And while you're inside there, go ahead and explore, click around, maybe play with some of the filters and see some of the other content that we have on there. Excellent. Thanks for sharing that, Michael. And last but not least, Diego, what do you got for us? You acknowledge your fear and you look at it right in the eye and you say to it, I will be bigger than you and read these two books. These are highly recommended. Excellent. Thank you so much. And coming up next on Learn TV, we've got career switcher stories, as the name implies, some really great stories about people who have shifted where they are in their trans in their uh, professional careers and kind of transitioned from one thing to another. So make sure you hang out for that. Uh, also, be sure to leave us some comments and, and feedback. Uh, thank you to those who have joined us over in chat. And with that, we'll see you next time. Thank you. Bye-bye.